So let's talk about software. I believe that software is a deflationary force within an inflationary world. I really love that terminology. And there's two fascinating software companies that are basically going head to head, or at least it seems that they're moving within that direction now. These software companies are Snowflake and Palantir. This is what the CEO of, of, of Microsoft recently said in the recent few months. He said in a quote that we mentioned on Dantons.com, the case for digital transformation has never been more urgent or more clear. Digital technology is a deflationary force within an inflationary economy. Businesses, small and large, can provide and pr improve their productivity and the affordability of their products and services by building tech intensity. The Microsoft Cloud, he mentions, delivers the end-to-end -end platforms and tools organizations need to na navigate this time of transition and change, said the CEO of Microsoft in recent times. I believe, fundamentally, that we're entering into an inflationary world, a world in which deharmonization is key, in which deglobalization is at the forefront. The events within Ukraine and Russia are just the start of this chaos, this deglobalization, this divergence, in comparison to the past 20 years in which you saw harmonization, globalization at rapid scales. Many reports have come out in recent times, which I have, have thought are utterly fascinating, in which, actually, Organizations now are looking towards deflationary technologies to solve their issues. And on that point, let's go over to this report in relation to C3, Palantir and Snowflake. And Morgan Stanley mentioned within the report that we covered on Dantons.com, you can get the full report there, that these three companies, C3, Palantir and Snowflake, they are enabling a more efficient supply chain and logistics with a better use of data. Just one case study that they pointed out that we covered here previously. They mentioned at Morgan Stanley, the analysts, that these companies consolidate multiple data sources and make it usable to solve problems and some of the most difficult problems facing organizations and governments. This is the core kind of functionality of these vendors, according to the analysts. In the context of this report, all three have talked to a significant use case with their customer base of driving logistics and supply chain efficiencies with their software. To focus on one specific vendor, in particular, for example, Palantir and Foundry, this is the data platform in which accelerates the integration of data, allowing simulations against data, enabling real-time alerting for any potential disruptions in the data, as well as enabling customers to find deficiencies and to really solve time to value, which is a key proposition that I think is going to become increasingly common for organizations. Interestingly, Snowflake does a very similar thing. And the two companies, in my view, are, are really starting to kind of converge on a mission. And we're going to speak about that momentarily. But the bottom line remains that in consideration of the higher cost of capital, in consideration of the higher cost of labor, this means that organizations now are looking towards deflationary technologies to solve issues within an organization. And Morgan Stanley mentions within their latest quote, in response to these dynamics, we think corporations are going to increasingly engage in efforts to mitigate exposure to rising labor and other costs, Automation and digitalization are going to be at the forefront and center. And as detailed in this report, many of the opportunities on this front are inherently deflationary. They believe the incentives now are aligned for organizations to instead now focus their efforts on deflationary technologies in which will save time, cut costs, and create time to value. And that is in consideration of the high cost of labor and the high cost of capital. So I totally understand the pessimism associated with buying into the future with buying into innovative companies. However, the bottom line remains that 
This is a future that I believe is going to come into, into, into play and into, into consideration. This is the beam of optimism that I see. People underestimate how society changes within a period of 5-10 years. Now, that does not mean to buy an overvalued company at a radical P to E ratio. It does not mean to buy a company ridiculously above the intrinsic value. However, it does mean, perhaps, it's reasonable to allocate some of your capital towards the future, towards companies perhaps like Snowflake, in which are totally disrupting the way data is used. Let's go into the details in regards to Wall Street and Morgan Stanley specifically, and their thoughts on Snowflake. This is in relation to the 2022 Investor Day, in which Morgan Stanley mentions that Snowflake is really broadening the platform, and they're broadening the opportunity. They have a almost $300 price target, a $295 price target on Snowflake, and they view this as a very attractive stock. We're going to also simultaneously throughout this report dive into Palantir, analyze some of their similarities, some of the differences, and where the companies are diverging or converging. Let's get into it. They mentioned within the first page of their initiation note that we're going to release on Danton's.com within the next few years that Snowflake were expanding their capabilities to enable better app development and transactional workloads. And this is the evolution of Snowflake beyond the, the traditional roots of just a data lake and a data warehouse. In fact, Snowflake now are broadening their, broadening their TAM to around $248 billion, market-leading tech, and solid execution against the large opportunity makes Snow one of the most compelling long-term growth stories in software, says Morgan Stanley. This is fascinating, this sentence that I want to pick up on. Solid execution against large opportunity makes Snow one of the most compelling growth stories in the current market. And this is where investors within popular company Palantir, in which does a very similar thing within the data scene. This is where investors are critical of Palantir. Palantir has shown to have poor execution within the field of data. In fact, Alex Cott, the CEO, has stated many times that Palantir did not need a sales force because the software was so good. In recent months, Palantir obviously have ramped up their sales force aggressively to capture some of this market. And the CEO of Palantir said within the past few months that if Palantir dropped this fairly arrogant and ignorant view in regards to the lack of necessity associated with using a sales force, then Palantir could have really mitigated companies like Snowflake and other companies in the data scene from basically stealing some potential customers. A fascinating, fascinating story. But it's important, as mentioned many times at Dantin's Media, that companies like Palantir must execute. At the end of the day, you can have the best software solution in the world. However, if you are not executing on your mission in terms of adoption of that software, if you're not selling that, if you're not specifically making this modular to fit a use case, then there's going to be issues associated with selling. If you're not having usage-based pricing, in which is great to easy friction associated with integration of the Palantir software solution, then organizations are going to be very wary about adopting a 10, 20, 30 million dollar contract plus for an invasive software solution like Palantir. In the first note of their fascinating report, Morgan Stanley states that, this is fairly comical, Snowflake is not your grandfather's data warehouse company. And that really hit home, specifically for many investors that I've spoken to in the Palantir community. Snowflake is far more now than just your traditional, conventional, grandfather's, in the words of Morgan Stanley, data warehouse company. Snowflake is far more than that. Snowflake's 2022 Investor Day focused primarily on the product announcements and the company's evolution from a data warehouse to a broader application development platform. This is key. 
instead of Snowflake now just focusing on the data warehouse, on data lakehouse, instead of Snowflake basically focusing on the viewability of your data, on the simplicity of viewability when it comes to uh, data, now Snowflake are actually simultaneously having their foot in the door with many organizations, but are also bringing new products into the realms in which can easily be integrated in consideration of their previous relationships with these organizations. So just reiterate, they're now evolving according to Morgan Stanley from a data warehouse company now to a broader application development platform, very similar to the likes of Palantir. Whilst investors may walk away disappointed by the lack of new financial targets, says Morgan Stanley, the company reiterated their 20% operating margin, their 25% adjusted free cash flow margin targets for 2029, provided during the recent signing call, and they reiterated their $10 billion product revenue goal. Management did not provide additional detail on the growth potential of existing customers within the base, go-to-market investments aimed at expanding the base, and an expanding ecosystem around the platform. So a few issues there that investors perhaps are weary of. With the broader solution portfolio, management now sees Snowflake targeting an increasingly large TAM of 248 billion TAM with a cloud data platform in the full year of 2026. We remain overweight, says Morgan Stanley. And there are some new interesting product announcements uh, when it comes to Snowflake. Specifically, the new product announcements expands the scope for new workloads. And once again, I want to reiterate to many investors in Palantir that Whilst Palantir has a much thicker product, whilst Palantir obviously provides time to value in comparison to Snowflake previously just providing good viewability and simplicity of data, the bottom line remains that organizations, when it comes to software, find it increasingly hard to understand what software works and what software doesn't. And that's not my opinion. That is the word of Doug Philippone, who is the global defense lead at Palantir. He mentions one issue specifically within the government sector is that organizations often don't know what software works and what software doesn't. What software provides time to value? What software cuts costs? What software provides efficiencies? Often, organizations can fake this, according to Doug Philippone. And he said, within an interview that we covered on Dantons.com, that organizations fake this via basically getting a piece of created data and then applying their software over in some sort of unrealistic demo. When it comes to the real world, it's much harder to provide time to value. And that is the bottom line. So whilst investors in Palantir can all day state that, well, the Palantir software solution is far better, at the end of the day, Snowflake are executing like we've never seen before. And they're really reflecting that within their results. There are a few main areas in which Morgan Stanley are really optimistic on. And they announced a few number of capabilities during the investor day in which can be categorized into three main bucket areas, according to Morgan Stanley. The first one is the introduction of translational data and more use cases with Unistore. The second one is a platform for developers to build native apps on Snowflake. The third is the facilitation of a broader set of use cases for Snowflake with the introduction of native Python via Snowpark for Python, which allows basically developers to code with Python instead of SQL directly in Snowflake. And also, interestingly, the fourth one is the introduction of cybersecurity workloads that offers specific use cases for organizations and their cybersecurity teams. And this shows clearly, very, very clearly to me that whilst you can demonize Snowflake all you want for perhaps being thinner and less beneficial for organizations in comparison to Palantir, the bottom line remains that Snowflake are aggressively expanding into cybersecurity, app development, and a range of other use cases in which 
converge with the likes of Palantir. This is kind of the overall narrative that investors in Palantir are optimistic about. The Palantir investors often mention how Palantir as an OS, as an operating system for your data, enables all of these use cases. It's not just a one-off simplistic solution. But Snowflake now are really adapting their focus and they understand they're going to compete aggressively with Palantir. I think that's that, that's happening now. And most definitely when IT budgets are tight, organizations are going to most definitely adopt solutions such as Snowflake. And similarly, Snowflake is, is much thinner. So just to kind of reiterate the edges that Snowflake has over Palantir, I think they're fairly clear. Firstly is the fact that Snowflake offers really thin and easy to use products in which are simplistic, they're thin, they can be easily integrated within the organization. However, now Snowflake is offering some more advanced products and some products in which perhaps are competing with the likes of Palantir, namely the fact that you can develop your own applications, cybersecurity features, and that's only going to increase and become more advanced and specialized in the future. And the key thing to take into consideration is, once Snowflake has their foot in the door, the ease to enable customers to consume more of their products is phenomenal. There's so much less friction associated with introduction of a new product once you already are friendly with that consumer, with that customer, once you already have the foot in the door. So many st people state, as, as we discussed on the podcast, a hot seat with Chris Patel and Dom, Palantir is definitely a, a, a more advanced and ahead of Snowflake. Snowflake is playing catch-up, but that catch-up game is going to be far easier when you have the foot in the door. That is the main thing to take away. Palantir started with a very holistic, invasive solution in which they basically tied to force organizations to, to, to use and adopt. These are long contracts, heavy contracts, expensive contracts, and invasive software solutions. And many people in the IT teams thought, well, actually, I don't need this. Do I really need this? Seems incredibly advanced. Seems incredibly invasive. So they didn't adopt it. At least that was some of the issues and commentary from the Palantir management. And similarly, Palantir didn't offer a specific module for a specific use case, which now, obviously, they're correcting. Just to kind of reiterate some of the points that I mentioned in regards to Morgan Stanley and their initiation note on Snowflake, they state here that Snowflake are now shifting their focus to disruption of app development. Let me reiterate, Snowflake are shifting their focus to disrupt the app development scene. The introduction of native application for frameworks coupled with Snowflake's marketplace and their new Streamlit integration puts the spotlight on Snowflake's use cases as an application platform for developers. Let me reiterate, Snowflake is becoming an application platform for developers, according to Morgan Stanley. This enables developers to build, distribute, and monetize apps that can be run natively on data cloud. And with the estimated TAM upgrade, this shows that there's more opportunities now than just the data lake house and data warehouse. Just to break down some of the figures associated with the TAM increase for Snowflake, Snowflake reported that its full year 2026 TAM is around 250 billion now up from only 90 billion that Snowflake announced during last year's Investors Day. That should give you some context as to how quickly Snowflake is changing, how quickly they're advancing their, their, their technological scene, how quickly they're really competing with the likes of Palantir. 
to enable app development, to enable security functionalities, and to basically, it seems like, build some sort of massive ecosystem, some sort of operating system, you could argue, within the data scene. The company attributes around 173 billion, or 70% of their TAM, to opportunities within the data warehouse, data lake, and Unistore. This figure is followed by 51 billion for data science and machine learning applications, and 14 billion for collaboration and data engineering, and 10 billion for cybersecurity, just to give you a breakdown in terms of the TAM, uh, 248 billion TAM by 2026, according to Morgan Stanley. And why is management bullish? Let's, let's just take a few leaves from management's book and in terms of what they're saying and why they're optimistic. And management mentioned within the recent conference call that from analytics to machine learning to cybersecurity to, tr to transactional workloads, Snowflake is now expanding its use cases outside of the data warehouse and simultaneously making it easier for a, for a diverse set of developers with different language preferences to create intelligent data, intensive applications on the platform. There you go. That reiterates kind of bottom line, the main point that I want to push forward. The fact that Snowflake now is simultaneously making it easier and really, they're expanding their use cases away from just the traditional data, lake house, data warehouse, etc. They're now becoming a data platform to develop applications, an area of cybersecurity work. This is rapidly increasing the TAM, as we just previously mentioned. And another reason, main sector in which management are optimistic for includes the cybersecurity opportunities. Management also highlighted cybersecurity workloads that allow cybersecurity teams and enterprises to utilize the data cloud as well as to connect to security information and event management vendors. So that's the bottom line, according to the research we've done on Duntons.com, as well as the Morgan Stanley report that we released on the platform. Fundamentally, Morgan Stanley are very optimistic because this is an organization which is executing. And whilst, yes, they are playing catch-up when it comes to the advancements in technologies in comparison to Palantir, the fact that Snowflake already has their foot in the door can really ease the friction associated with integration of a new product. I, I agree with that, Dom. I think Snowf I did a lot of research into Snowflake. I spoke to a lot of my data science, data analyst folk here at my, uh, my company because we actually have Snowflake. And one of the key differences between Snowflake and Palantir was their go-to-market strategy. So I think a lot of people are always assuming that the best product is what is going to end up being the one that wins. And that's the one area that I think a lot of people always have to take a step back. So I asked them, you know, I asked a lot of my data science folk to say, what is the reason why you guys would not pick Palantir over something like Snowflake? They said Snowflake is easy. It's under, easily to, able to understand. We know how to, how to utilize them. We, we're on a credit-based system, right? So we only pay for what we use. We're yep. not going crazy with a contract that that we have to take on so so yes even now, though our mind, hold on let me pause you there um from podcasts that i've heard straight from frank slootman the ceo of snowflake they do do the contract method very similarly and the pay as you go is more like a credit system where let's say your company doesn't use those credits they still got to pay that amount so it's just a matter of timeline of of when they're using but that set end of that contract they do have to use them but i agree with your point on how uh they are easier to use easier to deploy easier to just it makes sense it's, it's not too much of a big shift from what the tools they're using today i think which were your yep. point yeah and on top of that what ends up happening is now that they're so entrenched in so many companies 
that now they can actually release new products that are similar to Palantir's, mm -hmm. such as building applications on top of the yeah. data that you already have and that you own. That now it's almost like, hey, they already have an in with it. Palantir went the opposite saying, we'll build the platform, we'll build all the tools, everything, and then we'll look for the customers. Whereas uh, as Snowflake did it the opposite, right? They said, mm -hmm. look, we're going to get everyone on our infrastructure and then we'll build out the platform to do these X, Y, and Z things on top of it. So even though a lot of people are saying, well, Snowflake right now is in catch up mode to Palantir, I agree, but it's easier to catch up because guess what? Yep. You can just acquire someone that does a, a, a similar feature and build upon it. That's why if you look at Snowflake, they bought Streamlit, right? And I think that's going to be very, that's going to be accretive to them going into the future.